Okay, so I'm going to come back to this pod because um, I have clients today and I like to do one thing at a time where we're such a society of multitasking and managing so much at once that if I'm going to podcast, then I like to sit or lay in pod. You know, if I have a day of clients ahead, I just want to plan for those clients so that whatever happens, happens, you know, and I don't have too many rigid obligations outside of that. Um, And when it's my off days, I like to just be off, you know. But I wanted to start this while it's bubbling up. Um, And how do I want to address this? Because I don't want any of us to feel defensive. I don't know how this will be received coming from me. Um, But I've been thinking about the way women use their sexuality, a version of, a, a very specific version of their sexuality, and how, how it, how I feel it's becoming outdated in a way or I'm just seeing how it really doesn't work for it's not working for us the same or or perhaps it's not getting us what we truly want you know perhaps it's creating something so much bigger that lacks some of the authenticity in true sexuality or true divine feminine um So how did I get here? Well, I had a guy friend, was it yesterday? I had a guy friend two days ago, maybe. Yesterday, they're all a blur. You know what what it's been like. I don't have to explain time to you. (laughs) Time is moving at warp speed and time is also stuck on some weird version of reality. Um, So yes, time is moving quickly. I can't keep track of it. I literally can't believe we're a week away from February. It's insanity. So anyway, a guy sent me an article and it was talking about the like over-sexualized feminine. You know, like the Cardi B, Kim Kardashian, the type of stereotypes, the influence that that has. Um... And how it actually correlates to affecting young women, you know, because they have, they specifically have such huge platforms. So of course they have an influence, whether they want to be an influencer or not, or, you know, whether they claim that or not, the bigger your platform is absolutely you, you have more of a responsibility in a way, I think. Or, you know, not a responsibility, but just being mindful about, yeah, how many people you're reaching. Because at the end of the day, we are all here to learn from each other. Um, So I do think it's important to to consider that. So anyway, he did, he sent me an article about like hypersexuality, the hyperfeminized sexuality in a way. And you know what I'm talking about. Like I, 
some examples we could say like remember when Miley Cyrus did that concert where she was like fucking a foam finger or something and she was early 20s and she was like licking a banana and lollipops and condoms and I mean we've all seen it you know we've the versions of it it's just gotten more and more and more extreme you know I guess the earliest version would be like Madonna OG in that category and I think what made that unique to the time was the time was so prude in a way so there was some liberation but at some point when everything is on the table it's like at some point it's not liberating anymore do you know what I mean and at some point we need to shift again and I think we're getting to that point because we're at the point where when I went to share this article with a girlfriend she was like yeah I saw someone on my Instagram completely butt naked doing yoga and she was like so I know exactly what you're talking about and here's the thing I've shown nudity on social media. Um, So it's not that I'm bashing nudity or femininity, but there is something sad that I see with women where we're so, so conditioned and programmed to lead with our sexuality. Um, Like as if our sexuality is the only way we can get in the door or the only thing that can catch someone's attention, or, um, I don't know, this need to keep up, so we use sexuality. But today was the day where, like, as this has started to filter in in front of me, um, today is the day where I'm finally looking at it, and I'm like, I think about all the things my girlfriends have said to me over the years, And I'm just like, is this working? You know, is this working for us Um, as women, individually, as a collective, as a culture? So today, I don't want to name names because it is a popular podcast and I, I don't know enough about it. I'm just listening to it for the first time. So I can't, I don't, you know, like... They're to each their own or whatever. There's something out there for everyone. But um, I, if I'm going to talk about things, then it's kind of like I have to just talk about them, you know? So I can't be so, so mindful. So I put on this popular f- woman's podcast. And you know what? Wait a second. I think I did try to get into this before. And I think I had the same instant reaction where I was just like, why is this so, so sexual? And the only thing I can compare it to is, do you remember when female comedians were trying to get their foot in the door and so many comedians would just be like so, so sexual? Like, I don't know if they didn't feel confident enough in their comedy or why they would just share like one aspect of life. But I remember that was something I've never bought into the thing where people say like, oh, just women aren't as funny as men. Like, no, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true. There's funny women and there's funny men. And 
there's funny people and there's funny souls and it doesn't matter what package you're showing up in. Like if you have a sense of humor, you have a sense of humor. But I think maybe why men have led in that arena is for one, the things we've, um, we've given men different outlets in a way than women, you know, in terms of expression or in tor- in terms of the job, like, um, we've kind of, you know, growing up, you, there was like things associated specifically to men or women. Um, so that creates something. And another thing I would say is men do have a different type of darkness about them. I don't, I don't, excuse me. I don't know if it's related to testosterone, but there isn't, there's a different type of darkness with men and women. And I don't know how to explain that to you right now, because that in itself is a huge talk, but like, it's different. It's different. I guess the way I could relate that is like, if women... Women's darkness is like nature type of darkness, you know, where like you think the day is going well and then there's just like a storm on the horizon and then we end it after with like a beautiful rainbow. Like to me, that's what I think of when I think of like the layers of women's like darkness and destruction. But man's is very much more like tied to this reality and it creates an underlying aggression in men, you know, because you see it, you see it, you see it, you see it. And things are not always what they appear, guys. That's something I really want you to take in um, as I develop my platform. Things are not always what they appear. Let's pause here for a moment, okay? The person who looks so overly confident is probably truly authentically insecure. The person who looks like they have all these boundaries and they're so in their power and they can say no whenever the hell they feel like it and they're like your protector in a way, they're probably really soft. They're probably really soft, guys. The person who appears soft like honestly myself in a way if I had to think of something I think I've always been perceived as kind of soft and passive and feminine and there's there's an inner crazy in me there's an inner warrior um all this softness on the outside, things are not like exactly what they appear under the surface. Some things we can, like here's, here's where it's different, right? So energetically, things are not always what they appear. Um, but in our physical being, in our body, our energy does come out in ways. You can see that, right? You can see... You can see sadness on someone's face. You can see grief in someone's body. You can see anger in someone's body. You can see rigidity. 
you can see an uptightness, you can see perfectionism, you can see love, you can see manipulation, you can see fear. All these things project outward, you know, but I don't want you to take someone just always as like what the surface says or what they cure. It's complicated for how we form our impression. And then we need to see, like you have, there's the person somebody's created for society or unconsciously or the person that they show to you. And then there's the moments where you see a real person where that is stripped away. So anyway, that's a whole other thing. And I hope you're seeing what I'm putting down. But what I wanted to talk about with this sexuality piece is so, for example, in the area of comedy, right? So many female comedians before, like today we have a good mix. Today I feel it's fairly equal. There's a lot of um, great female comedians and there's a lot of great male ones. And I love stand-up comedy. Um, But years ago, it felt like as women were getting into the industry, it would immediately be like, so I was sucking a dick. Oh, I was just sucking this dick. And, you know, and you're like, like, I remember, like, it's weird here. So here's something about me that not many people realize, okay? How can I share this? This is definitely like exposing. If you know me, you know that this is true. Or maybe you'll hear me say it now and you'll think about the years that you've known me. You're like, oh my God, (laughs) okay, that's true. So I appear as sexual and I am sexual and there's things that I do that are sensual, pleasing to the senses, right? Like dancing, dancing to me is just, I don't sexualize dancing, but there is a point where it is, right? Like I've always done it because it just feels good. And because it's like, you can laugh while you're dancing, you can cry, you can feel sexy, you can just like feel the music. Like it's a response, it's a stimulation. Um, but I see how those influences of like, you know, like I remember it was very much like there was a certain way that trickled down from the industry, from the culture with how guys dance. So they were kind of doing all, all this cool shit and then like for women we kind of just all fell into twerking you know so then it's kind of like yeah if you love to dance and that's what's mainstream then like you're twerking too so we are heavily heavily influenced by media by the industry by culture um whether we realize it or not and when you start to pull back you start to really, when you start to like separate from it, you start to really look at how much it influenced your life and how much it influences those around you. Um, so anyway, to touch on this sexuality piece, what I would say for myself is maybe because I don't think not wearing a bra is me being, like that could be one of the things, right? People may have read me as sexual over the years because I didn't wear a bra 
But for me, the bra, if you've worn a bra, you know they're not comfortable. Um, or like now I realize things with me, it's just that restriction, that restriction like over my boobs and over my heart. Like to be honest, you know, I was wearing bras at a very young age. I think seriously, I know for for some of you, you get this right away because you've fallen into this you understand the language for others of you you're going to be like what are you talking about but we'll get there um I was wearing bras and lingerie like I mentioned in another podcast as a teenager you know I was getting messages and I can't believe how young they started in a way about like the way my outer appearance should be and like giving off sexual messages but that really not being what's authentically me um like I've slept with people obviously I have a sexual history like anyone but if you've been my friend over the years and I'm talking about I'm not talking about like high school stuff because there's so or even you know I'm talking about anything as I've been an adult because there's so many awkward things with puberty and there's so many misconceptions and there's so much to that I'm not talking about anything then I'm talking about myself from like 18 on if you've actually known me as a person in life if you've been one of my girlfriends when have you ever seen me take a guy home Or when have you ever seen me try to impress a guy while we were out? Or how many people do you know that I've really had sex with? And like I'm not saying that as any type of way. If it was different, it would be different. This doesn't mean there's any judgment there. But for example... um the kid that I brought up earlier who sent me a link recently to something I remember we were just online friends and when I met him in real life he was like you're so conservative in person and I was I see what he was saying but I was kind of like we're at lunch (laughs) you know what I mean like what did you what did you expect and he was like oh well with your social media I'm like I mean yeah with my social media I have friends who are artists And I was willing to, like, use my body with their art in a way. Like, I have friends who are photographers. And unfortunately, not many of them were like, let me take a picture of your face. Most of them wanted to do body stuff. So I was just kind of like, okay, I like art. I like, you know, exploring these different creative mediums. I like seeing what, what someone can see and come up with. I like seeing the different styles and I like honestly, you know, like I, I've had a little bitterness in the past few years just because of personal stuff that has been, that has been heavy. But to be honest, my most natural orientation is to be happy for other people. You know, like I, I want to be happy for people, um, 
it's it stings of course when we know those people where they've been a bad person and you just see them winning in life (laughs) I'm not saying that doesn't sting sometimes when you're like really wow I wish I just didn't care like that person um but yeah in general I'm happy for other people like I want them to do well so in the past I didn't mind creative projects with others um it wasn't necessarily fully me you know and there was times where I like tried to get away from that space it just wasn't serving me anymore or like what I wanted to put out there but you know this is where I get conflicted because like we are specifically our culture and our community gives these really weird mixed messages you know like we we tell women their boobs should be bigger right like we push that and we push the bigger boobs in society so many women have had surgery to have bigger boobs um we push the whole cleavage thing hard we we sell sexuality in everything and then it's like I remember literally how much grief came into my life from the years where I didn't wear a bra and it would be like literally being being publicly talked to like oh my do you meeting seeing a girl in the bathroom being like do you know I could see your nipple right now like what you know what I mean or like the the way that um you know, we've made it where a mother has to feed her baby. I mean, I can see, I think you really just need to think about what's right for you, right? So I respect the privacy of that. Like, to be honest, if I have a child in life, um, I think I would like that, like, intimate feeding time with my baby, you know? So I I don't think I'm going to be someone who's super out there with that. But I also don't understand, like, the scrutiny for those who are, you know, or why you could go online and see so much nudity, but then see someone, like, having to breastfeed her baby at a coffee shop. And it's like, um, you know, what would it be? Like, two in your face or something. So... There's a lot of mixed messages and there's a lot of like where this movement I think has gone sour in ways for the expression of female sex and sexuality because it's kind of like this right like you can be beautiful for forever you can yeah you can be beautiful forever you can't be hot forever do you know what I'm saying we've all seen that where someone is just trying to hold on to hot I'm not going to name names but there is a point where you're just like explore something else you've been hot for like 40 something years 50 years you've been hot you know what I mean like be beautiful now be 
whatever else you want to show us. What else is like in your repertoire, you know? Um, so I don't know. I Today I started to listen to this popular, very, very popular podcast. And it's hard because like I'm seeing so much now. I'm fully leaning into and embracing my gifts and my senses. And we all have that. I'm not singling myself out. It's just that like I'm deepening mine, discovering mine, embracing mine, accepting mine. Um, I use mine in my work, you know, so mine are just more like out there in a way. Um, and we all came here to do different things, you know, so like you, you might have very different motives than me or things that drive you, you know? Um, but for me, I found like, okay, I can intuit these things. I can sense a lot of things. I'm finally just acknowledge, acknowledging that and settling into it and exploring it more and trying not to be so shameful or fearful of it right? I want to dissolve any of like my guilt and my fear and any of those things. Um, I want to dissolve like past parts of me, you know, I'm just, I'm coming out of my Saturn return. Look into when yours is. You really do come out a different person. A guy warned me about this years ago when I was like 23. Um, here, I'm going to drop this little piece now. Look into what your Saturn return is astrologically because it is important. It could happen anywhere between 27 to like 32. The most common ages for someone are between like 29 and 30. And when I was talking to this guy when I was 23, he told me when he came out of his Saturn return, he left a marriage, he left his job, he started a business, he moved. It's a very big transition point of your life where things can radically transform and look different. And based on where it's sitting, astrologically, like mine was in Capricorn. So that deals with Saturn and the father a lot. And those things have come up for me in recent years. And Saturn is like, can be restricting and it can be career and it can be like, looking at and dealing with the things we don't want to. Um, it's very different from like Jupiter energy, which is expansive, or Mercury, which is communication and tech. So it's important to know when your Saturn return happens um, because those years will be a wild ride. They have a different feel than just the normal ebbs and flow of life. And you should know what planet it's sitting in and there's different sites where you just put in your birthday, um, possibly your birth time, and it will do it for you for free. It will calculate and it will tell you the dates. And it's good if you can kind of like explore and read about it if you're interested. So I am coming out of my Saturn return and I am changing a lot. Um, I think because this is a time for change, to be honest, our society is changing, is moving in new directions. Um, we're all kind of bracing ourselves, right? Because it's it's quieter now, but we know there's things coming. I think we can all feel that. And that's why like, I do get surprised when people are just so, so oblivious 
to this to the times and what's going on um because there's there's a lot to be discovered here and there is a lot to for our growth and this is this is a very specific time so i understand like the need for balance um and not wanting to take on too much but it's kind of like you're going to be feeling this time no matter what you're doing or where you are in the world does that make sense so anyway to come back to the female sexuality stuff listening to this podcast today and I find now I can like hear I can hear and feel anxiety coming off of people And I can't believe just like how much anxiety there is. You can hear it in the quickness of someone's voice, the way they're talking to you. Like there's so much you can pick up on when you are just tuning in and and present, you know, when you're not like driving your car, going to work, the podcast in the back, when you're just like focused in, there's so much that's revealed to you. And I am finding that a little abrasive and kind of harsh lately. Like maybe I'm becoming more sensitive to things. And so it can feel like a lot. But um, yeah, so already I'm noticing there's so many public figures where people put me onto someone and I can either like hear and feel the anxiety behind their voice and it's a little hard for me to get to the messages to take in what they're truly saying or um i can see sadness i can feel sadness in people who are trying to just keep up appearances i don't really love that either you know so it has made it made it more difficult on what like i'm willing to take in Um, you know, and I think here's the thing. I think a lot of us are aware of this under the surface, but maybe our mind is so loud or our life is so busy or we're self-medicating in some way to be less aware of that, you know, like, and I... That upsets me. The part of me that wants is here to heal myself, wants to see healing in others, has been a part of that healing, you know? Like, maybe because I'm um, really looking at the work that I do and... I see so much there that maybe it's like because I'm just spending so much time in emotions, I'm so much more aware of emotions, right? Like if I was a tech person, I'd be very, very, like if I did tech for 12 years, be very knowledgeable about tech, right? If you're a teacher in the school system, you're going to be very up on what the school system is. If I'm working with feelings, energy, <laughs> people, 
to be very pa- almost painfully aware of all those things, you know, in myself and in others. So anyway, I put on this podcast. I see that first. I wait for this woman to like settle in and get past that. And it's like immediately, okay, in the pod, she goes right to that just like, I don't know, that like sexualized women character that we've all been, we've all all created in some way and like somehow carried out, like whether in the small level or the larger or like we've had it put on us, whatever it is. And then instantly, the commercial she goes into. I'm not kidding. And, like, I don't mean to seem like a prude. But I'm just like, what is this? Like, immediately, her paid advertisements, she's literally like, yeah, when I'm sucking and fucking my boyfriend's dick. And I was just like, like, that was the advertisement. And I don't know. Maybe because I'm less impressionable right now like less caring about going along maybe that's why it's like I'm like damn it's already bad enough when you pay for Spotify and fucking there's advertisements there like I had an ex tell me this when I was telling him to watch the Joe Rogan podcast And he was like, it's just annoying because I paid to have no advertisements on Spotify so I could listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and try to get into it. And he's like, and there was like five advertisements before. And I remember at that time I was like, oh, you know, I mean, he wants to get paid for those things. I mean, yes, he had a huge, huge contract. I don't understand like... It's baffling to me. I can understand the need for money because money is a currency. Money is er energy. We use money for survival. Like, so I understand the need for it, the fact that it's a necessity. But I find it crazy when you hear these millionaires, billionaires talking and they still feel like they don't have enough money. Like... This is no slight to Joe Rogan because to me, I'm like, okay, make as much money as possible. But there is a point where you are pushing ridiculous in a way. Do you know? Because it's like there's many of us who are living lifestyles under $100,000, living comfortably, not living like the best, best life, right? Like the more money you have, the more freedom you have, the more options you have. But there is a point where you have so much money where it's just like, you can't even keep track of that. That's going to support generations. Like what, there is a time where it's just like excessive, you know? So I see both sides of him having advertisements. I see the side of why not? Um, he's just trying to make that money. And I do see the side of where it's like, yeah, it is a little annoying, you know, cause you're just like trying to get money at any capacity and you have so much more than so many people. And like, if we can manage 
what we're managing, you can certainly manage like a hundred million dollars, you know, or whatever it is that you have. <laughs> like, you know, it's insulting. There's families out and not that, you know, like everybody, we can't look at life like that. Everybody's here for different experiences. But I do think there should be an awareness, right? Or like, um, or it's sad to me sometimes that the people that have the least give the most, you know, like whatever it is, we always want to check in with ourselves and make sure we're doing things authentically. Like really see why we're doing things and if it's serving us. And we also want to check in and see if we're too far one way, you know, like I've had to reel it back as I started to confront the wrongdoings of our government. And I, as I was exploring the shadow in me and the shadow in the world and the shadow of our history and the shadow of the history we're writing now. I got a little too far. I can admit that, you know. Um, I can also say, though, that it was never with bad intentions. It came from a place of being deeply disturbed at how much trauma has been normalized and accepted in our society and trickled down from the people where it shouldn't. You know, um, so it came from a place of like looking at my fellow peers and being like learning about things I honestly didn't know and being like, did you know about this? And, um, you know, whatnot. So anyway, anytime we're just too far something, you want to ask yourself like why and what's happening. So... I haven't even made it through this podcast advertisements and I, I'm sure there will be more of that nature and I'm not, not prude. I like sex. I just might not like sex the way that you think I might, you know what I mean? Or like, here's the thing, like there's all different types of sexuality And there's a difference of, how can I say this? I don't know. I need to play around with this one because I didn't plan to talk about this. And I'm thinking of how I want to go about it. But I I just, I want to start to lay the foundation of what is there for this excessive way we're exploiting sex and the really bad messages I think we're putting out of there putting out that maybe started with some good intentions right like okay here's the thing I see what I want to say so back in the day right back in the day when you didn't know what a woman's body looked like um And you found a playboy. I understand why that was like, like, 
there, there's issues I have with certain things, right? And there's things I can appreciate, like anything. There's always a duality. But it's just at what point something goes too far one way, right? Or where we need to explore the, the both, like, elements of that. Because you don't get one without the other, right? So that was something progressive for its time. And I think healthy for the culture because the culture was very restrictive in ways. But now do you see where it's gotten to the point where it's like where then things go so far and you kind of do have to ask where is this going and at what point will this not be liberating and freeing or educational or sensual for us anymore, right? So there may have been a time where, and this is why we should ask about this, because then one day you have these problems that come from not looking at that. So for example, porn is a good example, right? There was a time where porn was, I don't know, it's never been my thing, but there, it, it also didn't bother me when I was younger. Like if someone was watching porn, it was like, whatever, I'm not going to ask you about it. You know, like that's your business, whatever you want to do in your, with your fantasizing and your sexual exploration. But there is a point now where like porn has affected our culture negatively. Now porn is so heavily embedded that we're all trying to take on this porn aesthetic. We're all trying to emulate porn in some way. And I don't know how much it's serving us anymore for our men, for our women, or for however you choose to identify. So, like, for example, I wanted to hear what this woman had to say on her podcast. I don't mind if she wanted to spend a podcast talking about sucking and fucking, but I wasn't mentally prepared for that, you know? Like, I... I would have clicked that episode. I didn't. I clicked a very different episode. And it's like, damn, all right, I got to get through like this piece first. And damn, I just realized I got to start getting ready for work too. I'm so sorry. I'll come back to this. Um, pause.